Welcome back to Cargumentative, a Times Live podcast on which we talk about all things cars and motoring. I'm your host, Thomas Faulkner, and today I'm joined by... Sean Corsten, producer of Ignition GT. And Dennis Dropper from uh, Motor News Business Day. Dennis, welcome back. Thank you. You've been out and about. uh, You're a hard man to pin down. (laughs) There have been quite a few launches happening lately. There really have. So I'm I'm here spending some official office time for a change. Excellent. Well, it's it's good to have you here back in studio. It's that time of the show news. And uh, Dennis, I'm going to bring you straight into it. Uh, Volkswagen Amarok, that's apparently South Africa's best bucky. That is. Um, Leisure Wheels magazine, in conjunction with Motor News, recently staged the shootout of 10 double cabs. Mm. So we got all, all the big boys in, you know, the Hiluxes, the Amaroks, the Rangers, uh, even the Land Cruisers, the Triton, the Mahindra pickup, etc. And then uh, the process was as scientific as it could possibly get. So all the vehicles were taken to Geratech and taken through tests like loadability, power to weight ratio, braking, acceleration. So all the, all the very objective testing. Mm. After all those tests, there were five jury members, uh, I was one of them, who then um, drove the vehicles back to back on varying road conditions. And then we voted on our favorites. So the jury vote was 20% of the overall vote. And then the geratech testing was 80%. So this is bound to be a controversial result. It's as very always. controversial. I mean, but uh, but it, it is as scientific as as we could have made it. Mm. Okay, so Amarok came first. Amarok was first, yeah, followed place. by the Ranger Raptor, okay. and third was the Hilux. Interesting. And and just uh, we, we didn't know the results when we had driven the cars, but we were asked to name our top three when we finished, and and those happened to be my top three in that order. Oh really? Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Sean, what do you think about that? What I find quite interesting, I'm looking at your article now, mm. is the parts bin comparison. Mm. It's amazing. So the cheapest mm. is Isuzu D-Max at 62,000 Rand for the whole parts bin. Most expensive is the Triton at 202,000 Rand. That's yeah. insane. It's yeah. excessive for a car uh, that really doesn't sell in the numbers that they had ha- had hoped for, why is their part so expensive? That's maybe why they don't sell. Yeah, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, a, bit, it's a bit hectic. I mean, if Ranger Wildtrak got 72,000, that was second. That was actually pretty decent in yeah. terms of a parts bin. But yeah, I actually have to agree with your your findings. I mean, that Amarok is, to me, it's the oldest, one of the oldest products around, but mm. yet it's still the best, in it's my opinion. It's very good. It's I mean, brilliant. It I really drove that V6 last year, or was it the year before? It was a long time ago. But it's it's a great bucky. Mm. Drives like mm. a car. Yeah. Great power plant. Build quality. Great build just quality. And, and they still have leaf spring rear suspension, yeah. but yeah. they've managed to make it feel more SUV like mm. than bucky like. So they haven't gone that coil spring route like the X Class and the Navara, mm. but they still managed to to retain a very good ride quality. Mm. And and the power is great. Oh, yeah, well, that v- that V6 is silky. Eh? It's beautiful. You guys didn't have the V6, or did you have? We had, you the, had the V6. The, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. the Canyon edition. Weirdly enough, like we're talking about raw quality, I see the Nissan Navara actually came seventh with its all fancy suspension and all of that. I'm still under the impression that it really doesn't ride as well. It as doesn't ride well. I mean, I, I just I can't I can't. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting. I mean, the comment section on on our Facebook when we uploaded the oh, it's this, huge. A story, everyone is just highlights, 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 highlights. How dare you? How dare you yeah. put this German backy up here? The highlights did really well. I was very impressed with it, mm. uh, particularly in its ride quality. I mean, we, we did kind of like a miniature rally stage mm -hmm. and you could throw that Hilux around with so much confidence. Mm. Uh, it was really great. The, the only car that beat it in, in that particular stage for me was, was the Raptor. But that's purpose built yeah. to be like a rally car. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting findings. If you'd mm. like to read more, head over to uh, Times Live Motoring and check it out there. Um, any more news, guys? Sean? Yeah, there's one thing. It's been a bit quiet on the news front. It mm. really has. Um, but there was an article a while ago that the Focus RS, Ford is considering what they need to do with it. And they've kind of make it a hybrid which I think is absolutely sacrilege. But anyway, um, and it follows on from Mercedes-Benz calls to say that the new C63 is going to be a two-liter hybrid as well. That's I ridiculous. think Mercedes-Benz is just overcompensating for their lack of emission yeah. regulations and complying with the standards. I think they got fined something stupid because they they didn't meet the, reg the emission regulations. So they're overcompensating. But could you drive a two-liter hybrid Ford Focus RS knowing the lineage? No, it would be weird. Mm. But the Mercedes would be even weirder. Exactly. Like, I don't want to be in a world where a C63 is powered by a two-liter four-cylinder turbo. To sound like a Golf and GTR. I, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's where's just, the VH rumble? Like, yeah. it's just... There's it's, nothing wrong with a Golf GTR. It's just that an AMG badge yeah. wants something with big muscle. Exactly. Yeah. And a noise. Mm. And yeah. a roar. And just, like, something special. I mean, that's, yeah. it, it's going to sound awful. And it's a big car. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think also, I mean, going on to the electric Mustang that's just come out. I think, guys, we have to face the facts. Yeah. This is the and future. the orders are coming in for that car, yeah, apparently. Yeah, big time. They, they actually, they're doing very well, apparently. Mm. Very, very well with that Mustang. Mach E, I think it's called. Mach E, yeah. yeah. Mach -E, well, yeah. Ford needs it because they've been in the doldrums for a couple of years. They they're have. just not, they really, really they're have, not performing. Hey? From being the strongest in America to now kind of floundering a little bit. Mm. Yeah, not good, eh? No. Not good, not good. I can't imagine a future like that. <laughs> Aston Martin, the Vantage Roadster. Ooh, that's got the fastest reclining fabric top on the market mm. now. 6.7 seconds, which is faster than most cars. Go to get to 100. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. There's a drag race we could have. Right. <laughs> and and does, can you do that while you're driving the vehicle or do you have to stop? You can do it up uh, up until 50 k's an hour. Okay. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They fixed yeah. the nose. That was my biggest thing with the Vantage. I just didn't like the nose. And now they've become, it's a little bit more sculpted, a little bit more defined. In, like on the bonnet, you see the lines coming through. I think it looks lo much nicer. Mm. Uh, that was my only thing. It looked too much like an MX-5. I agree, yeah. yeah. The MX-5 is not a great-looking car. No. How to so, screw up a lineage. Um, yeah, but that's 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 stunning. That's it is a good-looking really, car. really, really stunning. We'll hey. probably be in South Africa later this year. Yeah. I haven't heard anything in terms of availability. But uh, a race little number. Mm. And Dennis, talking about race little numbers. I had the opportunity to drive the newly updated Jaguar F-Type at its world launch in Portugal mm. last week. And... Uh, I must say I'm impressed with what they've done with it. Uh, obviously, th this follows quite a lineage. Mm. You know? It's a spiritual successor to the E-Type, which even Enzo Ferrari called the most beautiful car in the world. Mm. And the F-Type was launched in 2013, so it was due an upgrade. And I know that the uh, 
the cosmetic upgrade has been quite controversial. I know that one Thomas Falconer in particular doesn't like it yeah, too much. I don't like it. But in the metal, <laughs> I must say, I, I, I like it in the metal. And there was no controversy over its styling mm. uh, between myself and the other journalists who attended. Uh, it, it was more about its driving dynamics. Mm. And, and from that point of view, it has improved because uh, while the original F-Type had the quickest steering ratio of any Jaguar to date, the steering was still a bit light and mm. it, didn't, it didn't have that meaty feel. Now they fixed that and it's got a much meatier feel. So I think the driving purist will, will enjoy that vehicle more. Mm. And also there's a lot more power in the range topping uh, F-Type R. They've bumped up that uh, 5 liter V8 supercharged to 423 kilowatts, oh, which, is, which is pretty darn decent. Yeah. And it has the traction to handle all that mm. because when we drove it on these twisty Portuguese roads, it was raining most of the time. Mm. And it's got the limited slip diff, it's got the stability control, it's got the wide tires. So it was actually not, not quite the handful we expected from 423 kilowatts. Mm. Did they drop one of the V? I don't know. I heard rumors that they dropped one of the V6s available. We're still getting the V6. We didn't get to drive it on the launch because it's not a new engine, but we, we are still getting that in South Africa. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you the 2-liter, the V6, and then top-range the SVR. Yeah. So okay. we also drove the 2-liter, that Ingenium engine, which I nicknamed the Ingenious. Ingenious, yeah. And, yeah, that, that was actually pretty good yeah. for what it is. I liked that. I mean, mm. I drove uh, the 2-liter in the F-Type about two two years ago when it first came out, and it was it was great. I mean, it gives mm. you just enough power. Um, V6 has always been my favorite, yeah. uh, the pick of the bunch, uh, but the 2-liter is good. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like the way it looks. So, like, once you – I did a bit of reading up on it, and apparently it's had to change purely because of the new – more stringent passenger um, pedestrian crash safety tests. So they've had to make it the design a little bit more differently in the front to meet these new regulations for, pa for pedestrian crash safety. But I think it's gorgeous. Mm. I really do think it's absolutely stunning looking car. It that's, still is, regardless. That's what they want you to believe. Yeah. <laughs> but secretly, it's just a corporate conspiracy <laughs> to make them all look like the I-Pace. Um, guys, that's all we have time for, for news. And take a quick break and we'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Cargumentative. Now, guys, we have a, a listener out there who wishes to remain anonymous. And she has asked, don't we think that modern cars have become too clinical? In other words, boring for their own good. Hmm. Now, I, I thought that was quite an interesting question because we obviously get to drive new cars all mm. the time. That's what we do. But we've also driven old cars so we can draw parallels mm. between mm. the old world and the new world. And um, I'd like to know what you guys think before I weigh in. I think, I think it's for its own good, genuinely. Because, all right, put it like this. You, got, you, you guys, you grew up in a different perspective to me. You had majority of my vehicle testing has been obviously of the newer kind mm. of vehicles. So you guys had experience in the older cars, more analog, et cetera, et cetera, mm. where it's that old school. I just feel that the way things are going and how technology is progressing cars have to become more clinical they have to because many people are now seeing them not as cars like we see them but as means of transportation and they need to be comfortable quiet and just do everything as per what the tin says basically so i think it's a good thing i really do i really do so basically like 
if self-driving cars came along. Oh, now you're pushing it a little you'd, bit. Now you're pushing it a little bit. Sync your phone to the latest and greatest in infotainment and just, you know, zone out. Yeah, no, not really. Okay, autonomous cars, that's one thing I am a little bit hesitant on. But yeah. in terms of like the way modern cars are going in terms of interactivity, connectivity, build quality, quality. Mm. I mean, the game has become so much more competitive than what it ever was. And it's just pushing everyone else to do better and better and better. And by doing that, they're making their products more perfect, more perfect as they go along, which more clinical. So, but I think it's a good thing. It's good for progress. It's good for technology. It's good for the consumers in the end of the day. So you still get excited when something sporty comes, something that's been, you know, touted as being the latest and greatest and hot hatch technology. And it's downstairs and you go, oh, that's, um, you know, I'm keen to drive this. I'm keen to drive it home. I'm excited to drive it home. Yeah, I will. M135i, perfect yeah. case in point. Okay. Everyone, we've discussed the car yeah. quite a few times, and everyone says, yes, it's, we know it's moved to front wheel two litre. But as Putty said in the last podcast, it's fantastic. It's still a brilliant, brilliant car. And is that not moving on to the side of clinical? That's very much so. I mean, it's a great car, but I had no spark. I didn't mm. think, you know what? It's nearly time, time to go home. I'm excited to get into this car. Okay, it's question. Just, yeah. You're a petrol head. You're an enthusiast. Yeah. Do you think the average consumer will care? Do you think the average consumer will be like, yes, no, I want wind noise and rattles and I think manual gear Probably boxes. not. They probably care more about how how much technology is in the car. Exactly, yeah. You see, so that's why I'm thinking, yes, I get you as a yeah. petrol head, as an e a motoring enthusiast, but as the everyday, the person who actually ends up buying the car, mm. that's, the that's the route they want to go in. They want it to be clinical. They want it to be work, like clockwork all the time, no matter what. Fair enough. Dennis? I think modern cars are so clinical, I bought myself an old classic. <laughs> no, and, and it's odd because, you know, we've been around the block and I remember chatting to you once before and you weren't that keen on classics. And, and then, you know, you and then, and arrived then, here and you were like, I'm getting a classic car. And I was like, really? Then something just happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so, so. You buying a classic car, is this some kind of antidote to, you know, this modern era of cars that are, are so refined and so, you know, I think it. I think it probably is that, Thomas, yeah. because uh, as a motoring journalist, I, I'm testing different cars all the time and they're all, all very slick and so efficient, mm. etc. So once a week or once every two weeks, I drive my old classic mm. and it's like hitting the reset button. Mm. You... You go back into this analog world and it's kind of a reset between these sleek and sanitized modern test cars yeah. and then you can go back to them. So, But no, look, having said that, I, I was exaggerating, but not everything is sleek and sanitized nowadays. There are cars that when I go down into the basement, into the parking lot, I think I'm actually looking forward to driving that. For instance, this Jeep Wrangler that I drove last week, it was chunky and it was yellow and it had these big chunky tires and, and in practical in many respects, mm. But I just enjoyed the drive, and I looked forward to driving it every time. Mm. And it's, it's, it's a character car, and there are still a few character cars around, and you don't necessarily have to pay top dollar for them, like the big roaring AMGs. For instance, a Polo GTI still manages to flip my pancake to some <laughs> extent. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Okay. Hmm, yeah, it's… What's your take, Tom? It's Tell a tough one. Take. Like, okay, so, so 
you know, the, the older I get, the more the more I enjoy the refinement mm-hmm. of the modern cars, and they're comfortable, and they've got you know great sound systems. But there's just that thing where they they that this there's there's no engagement. You, you don't mm. feel anything, and everything is so effortless. And to carry these these crazy speeds, it's just like you know anything and everything can do it these it, days. It, yeah, exactly. Mm. Like you don't have to work for that, mm. and it's it's kind of it's just it's muted. So, it's you, you don't have to muted. push it like you used mm. to. Alphas in the eighties, huh? yeah, or so, anything <laughs> in the eighties. <laughs> so, push it so, in what respect? Yeah, so <laughs> how much how much level of quirkiness are you willing to mm. accept? You know, I yeah. mean, to the point where you have to have uh, w- rear window heaters so you can warm up your hands when you're pushing it, mm. or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when when does it stop being quirky mm. and characterful and just becomes too much of a handful? Yeah, <laughs> but also, I mean, you know, I mean, I've been in the game now since about two thousand and eight, and and just in the last ten years the cars have kind of become I don't know like certain brands would have certain personalities mm. you know like if you got into a, a Clio Sport that had its, its own personality mm. and their mm. own engine and, and, there were, and there were characteristics that, that, mm. that, that certain brands didn't share with other brands mm. but mm. now there's, there's kind of been this crossover and everything yeah. is just they're, like they're homogenized mul- yeah they're kind of yeah. melting together and everything has a 2 liter turbo I, I get you there kind of feels yeah. I get you yeah. there Th- that is happening so yeah. if you sort of close your eyes like not literally when you're driving the car yeah. that you can't figure out what you're actually driving until you look at the badge on the steering wheel exactly right? yeah exactly case in point actually I drove the new Audi A1 mm. And I was like, hmm, does it feel that far removed from Apollo? Does it really? For 600 odd thousand rand? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, really. But yeah, I do get your point. Like, they have become a little less engaged, a little less. But like, if we had to bring it into our market, our economy, where consumers are so tight for cash, they want to know that for their little money, they're getting the best and the most efficient. You know, and I think that's where consumers around the world. But then you have to ask yourself, why is everything coming more clinical? It's because of the industry, the market, the regulations, the economy. Everything that's going around is trying to make cars more safer, less driver involved, mm. and yeah, just safe overall. And exactly. that's it's, yeah. it's it's market forces that are completely dictating this. True. This this is what people want. I mean, most people look at a car as an A to B. It's a commuter. Mm. Yeah. It's got to it's got to tick the boxes in terms of comfort and aircon, blah blah blah. Uh, minority of people buy cars as character cars. Mm. 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 That's why you see the niche brands like the niche, like a Jeep would be niche here in this country. Yeah, very much be. so because of like what Dennis, the points he put, put uh, uh, praised it for. Many people will then think, uh, actually, you know, I'd rather get a, if I a jump Volvo. in a Volvo, Mercedes or yeah. whatever the case may be, they'll mm. be like, but this is a million times better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't care about its character. They don't care mm. about the way it feels and how engaging it is. They just want a car. Mm. And a car that looks good and meets my budget. Those are to me. Those are the consumer shop for. Looks good and meets my budget. Yeah. And that's and as long as an influencer is given it the thumbs oh, up. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's seal of approval. But I mean, it is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, last year I drove tons of cars, and I think the one for me that actually stood out, and I didn't expect it to, was the Jaguar I Pace. You know, because yeah. yeah. that that's become like the poster boy for modern modern cars. You know, mm. it's like the it's that game changing EV where you can actually drive 
a decent mileage without mm. having to stress about mm. batteries and yeah. charging. And that was actually a pretty exciting car. Like I got down to the basement and I was like, this is cool. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's fun. It's novel. It's a novelty car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you've got this big MPV SUV. Come hatchback. Come, come yeah, whatever. Come hatchback. Yeah, I don't even but know. But it's got this ridiculous performance. I mean, it's mm. so fast. Yeah. No, um, I'm with you there. I really yeah. enjoyed that vehicle. Too. Yeah. yeah. Jag, I've added one world car of the year, world design of the year, I think it was. I mean, it picked up, and rightly so. It's yeah. a very, very good justified. car. Yeah. Very good car. So maybe in a world of combustion engine powered cars, which are all becoming, you know, more or less the same, the, the new EVs have the potential to spark some kind of mm. excitement from the driving, from and the driving experience. Yeah. And there's a few of them coming. Yeah. I mean, we got the Mercedes EQC, we got the Porsche Taycan. Yeah. Audi e-tron coming. Yeah. Cooper SE Mini. I'd love that Honda E to come here. Ooh, oh, yeah. cool. How cool is that little thing? So cool. It is oh, so no. cool. It'll car. never come here though, unfortunately. Never. never. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, to wrap it up, I'd say, I'd say, you know, to answer the question, I think I think a lot of them have become too clinical, mm. but there's new stuff coming out as we just chatted now about you know electric cars, mm. um, and maybe that could respark some excitement into the. Yeah, I feel like we're forced. We have no choice but to find some ex- excitement from an EV because yeah. that's just the way things are going. Or just go and get a classic. Or well, just get a classic. Just get a classic. And I can, I can burn your wallet there. at the same time. Why not, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I can tell you all about that. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much. We're going to have a quick break. We'll be back now. Welcome back to Cargumentative. Dennis, you've just been uh, slumming it down in Franschhoek, having to put up with people in motocross pants. Draped over bonnets of Korea's latest Hyundai i30N. So the new hot hatch in town. This is it. Hyundai finally joins the hot hatch league, and if finally, because it's been you know, yes, we're bringing it in. No, we're not bringing in. It's been in the offing for quite a while, yeah. and they've they've been racing in the WRC for a little while. They have, yeah, and in in the world touring cars. So they've been trying to build a bit of a background heritage to this. Mm. But they have no actual heritage in this hot hatch segment. Yeah. And now they've come in with this car that's uh, not necessarily the cheapest hot hatch we've seen around. It's not. And they're pitching it directly against the established icons like the Golf R, the Civic Type R, Mm. and to an extent the Audi S3. It's an expensive (laughs) car. I mean, to give you guys an idea, the i30N is coming in at 679900 which is, you know... Four and a half thousand rand less than the Golf R. Exactly. So Golf GDI is 568,600. And that is, on oh. paper, pretty pretty close to mm. what the, the, I, the I30N is offering. And S3 is 681, 641. Um, and Honda Type R, 699,900. So it's, you know... So it's, it's right in that league. So yeah. it, it is very bold... To, to come in, I, I would have thought that a newcomer in this league <coughs> would be a lot more aggressive and competitive with the price mm. just to gain some traction. But, but having said that, it is very, very well spec. So it, it's got a lot of standard features that the opposition has as extra, extra cost options. For instance, it's got the reversing camera and the, 
the electrically powered seats, heated seats, heated steering wheel. So yeah. it's really fully yeah. specced. Did they tell you how many units they'll be bringing in? They expect 10 to 15 a month to sell. To sell. So they're not bringing it in and saying, okay, guys, like here's 700 of them and when the 700's done, no. it's done. The, the supply isn't limited. Okay. But uh, I think they will. They would bring in more if there is the demand. Yeah. But they're not expecting it to be anything but a niche vehicle. Mm. Yeah, you see, I, I'm under the impression that even if it doesn't sell, it doesn't matter to Hyundai. Because you know what? Some guy who's walking into that Hyundai showroom, mm. buying an ATOS, will look at that i30N and be like, one day I'm going to own that. Yeah, and just the fact that it's there on the showroom exactly. as a Halo product, yeah. it's like, it's wow, you know what? These guys are actually making cool stuff. That's, exactly. That's a cool car, and I can tell my friends that I saw You're creating mm. aspiration yeah. in the and brand. That's, yeah. and Precisely that's what a Halo model does. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think to them it doesn't matter mm. because it's good for the brand. It's good for marketing. It's like what Kia did when they brought the Stinger in. They knew that they were only going to be in there, but you saw Stinger posters everywhere. Everywhere. And then everyone was looking at Kia like, what, really? Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what Hyundai are going to do. So to me, it doesn't matter if it, do if it doesn't mm. sell because it's good for their brand, it's good for their marketing, and it's good for consumers because consumers are now going to say, I want to stay in the Hyundai brand because I want that. Yeah. Because you've now created aspirations exactly. in, the, in that Exactly. Yeah. Did Hyundai like justify the pricing? I mean, did anybody say, listen, why is this car so expensive? Because it is, after all, a front-wheel drive, you know, it's yeah, everybody asked why it's so expensive. And uh, their justification was that, look, it is very highly specced. Mm. It's got all the bells and whistles. Uh, in terms of performance, it, it, doesn't really, it doesn't really shape up. It's got 202 kilowatts and 370, I think, newton meters, or 353, if I'm not mistaken. It has got, I'm checking out on the interweb right now, yeah. um, 353 newton meters That's of torque, right, but yeah. it has an overboost function, which will go up to 378. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And the kilowatts which is too, which hey? is a lot lower than the opposition, because yeah. the others are between 400 newton meters and 450. Yeah. So it's it's really not there. But their goal was to make it a, a fun to drive car. So they've tested it for 10,000 kilometers of, around the Nurburgring. Mm. And they say that that's where the N in the badge comes from. Okay. Uh, so they've got all these modes, including an N mode, which is like the checkered flag race mode. I saw that. It's got five. five Correct. Five yeah. driver modes that allow you to, you know. Yeah. And, and in some cars, there's not that much difference between the modes. Yeah. But this one in that N mode, it really does grow fangs. Okay. So including the, the suspension stiffness, which is like teeth rattling like a rock hard yeah like an old civic type r yes yes okay but then you put it into eco or normal mode yeah. and it's a normal yeah. commuting car so you really do get the different personalities and it also affects the steering mm. the exhaust you get the rice crispy snap crackle and pop <laughs> mode and um what else it's also got the the automatic throttle blip on the downshifts oh right so like a 370z head and yeah. and the civic type r's got that as well yeah and the gearbox? How's the gearbox? It's a six-speed manual, which is a little bit different in this league because everyone's doing mm. the automatic or the dual clutch. Yeah. So that, that gives you a bit more sort of hands-on mm. kind of uh, more hands-on driving vibe, which, mm. which I like. I like it's, that it's a nice, nice and slick gearbox. So I don't think it's going to be too much of a chore driving it around town. So the clutch mm. is light as well. So you drove it, uh, I mean, did you do front hook pass? And we did front hook pass yeah. and, and we did some racetrack driving. Okay. And it's got this uh, limited slip diff. Mm. Even though it's a front wheel drive, it's got a lot less understeer than you would expect. Mm. 
because of that LS diff. And out of 10, like if you had to give it a, a handling score? I mean, you know uh, what? We spent a, we spent a lot of time stuck behind trucks on Franschhoek Pass. I think they should mm. ban those things from Franschhoek oh, Pass. Oh, yes. oh yes. Just Dri- driving at 30 k's an hour. So I'm going to reserve judge, judgment on that mm. because I, I actually want to drive it back to back with a Golf R or Golf GTR, uh, uh, not GTR, mm. Golf R, G- yeah. um, and a Honda Civic. I want to do them all back mm. to back, and then and then I'll give you my final pronouncement. But uh, the initial impressions are good. Mm. It's it's very hunkered down. It handles well. It's it's predictable. Mm. Mm. A good comparison would probably be that and the new Megane Cup. Yes, that would be quite because it's also manual. That would be quite uh, quite a good comparison between the two. Yeah, and also the Honda because that's manual. Mm. So that would be in quite fact a nice the drag comparison. race. Like I mean, mm. would be would be epic. You could yeah. have that the Honda. Hyundai. And the and the, Ma- and, the Megane. and you've got to have a Golf GTI there because, mm. like the on look, I mean the the Golf doesn't have as much power or torque as yeah. as, as the Hyundai, but but its performance figures are pretty mm. much like spot on. And we all know how well Golf GTIs put their power down. They do. Mm. They they in fact always uh, seem to under promise yeah. their figures and then they over delivered when we exactly. when we put them against mm. the V box. Yeah. Mm. yeah, but it's it's different because I think like this could probably tie in back to the conversation we were having about cars becoming too clinical. Mm. You look at the main competitors, let's say Golf R S three, well they're both the same cars in essence, but DSG boxes, all wheel drive. Mm. That's that's and then the power delivery on that are fantastic. Well, you won't get that same kind of performance from a manual, no, will you? You won't. You won't. Your figures won't be the same. And you won't get the traction exactly, off the line. Exactly. So you're pitting there, and as a consumer, I'm going to look at that and be like, can get a VW, which the VW badge is worth millions here in this country. Yeah. And I get an all-wheel drive system, and I get VW's build quality. Do you see, like, it's just, it's mm. become, it's a tough sell to the average consumer, obviously. It's a very tough sell. Especially considering that Type R is there. I mean, I'm a big fan of that mm. Type R. I think it's I think it's the best front wheel drive car mm. I've ever driven. Which is, mm. I mean, the, mm. and, you know. And in terms of its image, it's really swinging from the chandeliers. Yeah. Type R, it's like I am what I am, exactly. and that's it. Yeah. Whereas this i30N is a little bit a little bit bland in yeah. comparison with the I styling. Like it. I, think, oh, I, I think I think it looks gorgeous. good. I think it's a good looking car. I yeah. think they've done a good job. It's not too over the top, mm. you know, but it still kind of stands mm. out. They've actually did a teaser image of the facelift at i30. i30 yeah. has it own. That will be unveiled at Geneva. So mm. it'll be interesting to see how their new design characteristics carry over to the end. Well, maybe we'll get that one in like five years' time after mm. they've done hot weather testing. But I'm generally excited to drive it. I really, really yeah. am. I'm very keen to drive it, um, see what it's like. I was, because when that was launched and then the Kia Stinger, I think they weren't launched too far back from each other when they're, when they're announcing. And I was very much looking forward because I'm like, Hyundai Kia launching performance cars? This is, this is awesome. This is fantastic. Well done. Yeah. And when I drove that Stinger, I was like, hmm. I was walked away a little bit disappointed, mm. uh, particularly for the price. So I'm just hoping it's not the same with the Hyundai i30N. Yeah. I mean, who's the guy in charge? Ex-BMW guy, Beerman. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Look, I so think I think I think there's been a lot more R&D behind the i30N, uh, considering that the rally program exists. Mm. Yeah. And a lot yeah, of that yeah. know-how is filtered down straight into this, whereas the the Stinger was more just like a, you know, a GT car. Mm. Let's make something that's 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. Car. It'll yeah. be interesting. I can't yeah. wait to drive it. I no, really the can't. Hyundai is very well engineered. I have to mm. give them that. Mm. They've done a good job there. But I, I still say that that price is going to stick in the throat mm. of, of many people. Yeah, mm. it will. Considering what else you can get for that price. They yeah. dropped it by 100k. It'll be it'll fly off the show. Yeah. Yeah. I think. But yeah, they priced it a little bit too close. You could probably get a bog standard M135R for you that can. money. 700,000 Rand is a bog standard. Mm. A35 is going straight. to be about 700,000 as well. Mm. So there's tough competition. Man. Yeah, might be a hard sell, but look, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it, it's out there, and there's mm. another alternative to to the yeah. GTIs and the Type Rs, and we'll see how it goes. Guys, we're out of time. We're racing along like Dennis was on a in his Hyundai on Funchuk Pass. That's just how it goes. Behind a truck. Yeah, behind a truck. <laughs> Sean, Dennis, thanks so much for joining me yeah. in studio. Yeah, thanks, uh, Good to chat, good to catch up. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Cargumentative. 